is Shandy Chernow, and you're listening to the Shandyland Podcast. I am so excited to have Chef Rick Petralia from Fazoli's here today. He is their Director of Culinary Innovation, and I am proud to say a CertiStar customer. So Chef Rick, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to talk to you, and I want to hear about so many different things. My list of questions is long. Well, thanks for having me. I'm, you know, I'm glad to be on here and excited to talk today. Yeah. So I always, I mean, if you've listened to any of the chef episodes, I am absolutely fascinated with the journey to becoming a chef. I mean, it's just such a cool gig, right? Like, and I just, I want to hear everything. What was your aha moment? When did you decide, you know what, this is really what I want to do? So you and I have chatted about this before that um, a lot, if you ask kids in a kindergarten class, what do they want to be when they grow up? It's always kind of outlandish things like an astronaut, or I want to be an NFL quarterback or something like that. So at no point in my childhood did I ever want to be a chef. Um, in fact, I never cooked. My parents wouldn't let me in the kitchen in fear that I'd probably burn the house down. <laughs> so never, I never cooked until I was about 18 years old. Um, I was in high school. I loved math. I knew I wanted to be a, a, I wanted to go to college as a math major. So I went to St. John Fisher College in Rochester. I was a math major. Were you? Yeah. Well, I didn't, mine didn't last long. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, I I excelled in mathematics in high school. Um, You know, I loved calculus and, or physics because all that was applications of math. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, um, and then I got into college and my first semester, I was like, I hate this. I was taking a lot of liberal arts classes too, but my math classes um, were so difficult and I just didn't see, I just thought I knew I made a mistake. Um, You know, it's, it's funny. I never interrupt the chef journey, but it's funny that you say that because I really struggled with math in middle school and in high school. And then once I got to college and there were no more numbers, I was like, oh, this is so much better. So it's so funny that, it, you know, it, it's either you like this side of it or you like that side of it. And we're on opposite sides here, but. Yeah. So it, it just wasn't working out for me. And at that time I was working at a restaurant as a server just for a few extra bucks. Um, and like it was literally one night and I was, it was a it's overnight, it was Denny's. Uh, so it's a 24 hour restaurant. I was working an overnight shift one night and like literally the cook called out sick and the manager was like, hey, do you want to learn how to cook tonight? And I was like, I've never cooked before in my life. He's like, it's easy. It's pancakes and club sandwiches and chicken fingers and whatnot. And I was like, yeah, I'll learn how to do that. So within a couple hours of of doing that, I was like, wow, this is a lot of fun. I love this. And, and I mentioned I've never cooked before prior to that. I, I still love food. I loved eating. I mean, eating has always been a passion of mine. So um, it, you know, I was, I guess, probably 18 years old at the time, and um, just I fell in love with this cooking. And I didn't fall in love with the first day, but I started picking up more shifts doing that. And, I, and we're not talking about high cuisine here. We're talking about, you know, don't, you know, I love their concept there, but it was pancakes and hash browns right. and, and club sandwiches. So I mean, it was kind of the definition of short order cook, no? Exactly. So it wasn't by any means, you know, high level cooking, but. I thought, hey, this could be something I could be interested in. And I, I, at the same time, I was just kind of having this um, personal crisis of what do I want to do with my life? I, I'm going to school for math. I don't like it. Um, I'm not 
I don't think I'm going to be good at this either. So um, I decided to go to culinary school. I went to a, a small school called MCC in Rochester. And um, I, that's when I got into learn a lot more about traditional cooking methods and, um, you know, higher end cuisine. And I loved it. And I thought that this was a better path for me um, than where I was before. So that's how I got into it. Um, now, that being said, at the same time, I was, I still had my job because I had to pay for school um, and I got promoted to manager um, with them. Then I ended up working for several other different chains with different positions like mm-hmm. uh, culinary manager, general manager, district manager. Um, so I, I was in operations for a good part of 14, 15 years before I even took on a chef role. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, which to me, I think is actually makes me a great fit for the position I'm in because I have that empathy of what a, a chain restaurant employee yeah. has to go through each and every day. And, you know, at Fazoli's, you know, our, we have great people working for us, but a lot of them don't have any cooking experience, yeah. just like I didn't, you know, um, when I was 18 years old working that job. So, you know, we, we serve something like 700,000 guests a week in all of our locations um, combined. So we need to have some items that can be easily replicatable um, 700,000 times a week. So it's, I think it's actually, you know, an asset to have a lot of this operations experience that I do have. Um, it really helps me think uh, of in, in the mind of the operator and in the mind of the employee. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think that the restaurant operations kind of always run better, even if you go to like a single store, when you have that kind of cross training across positions where a server could, you know, isn't a bartender, but could step in for the bartender one day or, you know, whatever the case may be, A, everybody has a bit more empathy for each other. And B, you've got kind of a a better, I don't know, solution for staffing immediate issues, right? For you to be able to step in as chef at Denny's, you know, on the fly is pretty amazing. Yeah, you know, I'll um, I'll say cross training. I agree with you. Cross training is as someone who's ran restaurants for so long. If we're up to me, I mean, everyone would know just about everything. Um, yeah, and at least a little always, bit, that's, right? That's like a lot, a lot how it works out because um, you know, if someone calls out sick or you just need to fill some extra hours on the schedule, you're not limited to who you can ask to do it. Yeah, and nobody judges each other to the same degree that you find otherwise, right? Oh, I can't believe that the fill in the blank position are always fill in the blank problem, right? Absolutely. I used to work with a retail customer here locally. And when you got hired, you had to go, like you got hired for corporate, you had to go work in the store for a week. Like the first week you worked, you were, you know, the cashier yeah. or the, the shelf stalker, you know, whatever the case may be, whatever they needed. And it was exactly for this purpose. So that you had empathy for the store staff that you're supporting. That, you know, that's a great policy to have. And we do that for our support office people too. And even some of our suppliers, you know, we don't make every supplier work in our restaurants, for example, something a little bit more transactional, like table salt or something like that. You know, we don't make them work in a restaurant for a week, but um, say- I wish um, there was a Fazoli's here. I want to go work. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I guess you're one of our suppliers now. We should make you come in and work. But um, say our, for example, our pizza crust supplier, you know, we want to get them into our kitchen yeah. Show them how we make, how we cook our pizzas. Show them what all the responsibilities these people have on top of making your pizzas. So um, we, we try to get our restaurant uh, 
suppliers into our locations pretty often just to see what's going on and get a better understanding. I think that's awesome. I think it's great. So on that topic of, you know, being at corporate versus being in the store, how do you, from a culinary innovation, corporate chef, executive chef type of position, how do you ensure that all 220-ish of the locations are doing things with, you know, similar consistency, similar quality, um, you know, and and making sure that the recipes are what they're supposed to be? So it's, it's really difficult to make sure you're getting 100% consistency in every location. Every morning, I think at about four in the morning, I get an email. I don't read it at four in the morning, but I get an email at four <laughs> in the morning from um, one of our suppliers that really aggregates all of our reviews from mm-hmm. TripAdvisor, Yelp, Google, et cetera. And I, I get all those every morning. And it's usually when I, it's usually the first thing I read every morning. And it's sometimes the worst part of my day because I get all the great five-star reviews, but I also get the one and two-star reviews. And it's really, it can get really maddening at times. To, the lows are lower than the highs are higher. Yes. It's, yeah. It can get really upsetting sometimes to read some of those. But you have to think, okay, in 200 locations, we got 10, however many two-star reviews, and we have 300 four- and five-star reviews. I mean, you do have to balance the good to the bad there. And then um, how but, many who didn't write a review, right? And that's a happy exactly. customer. Like, I don't, I don't, no matter, you know, I don't always run run up to write a review when I have an experience. So no. especially a bad one, um, because I'd rather talk to them there. You know, my, my goal isn't to get the restaurant shut down. My goal is to get it fixed or have my experience remedied. But anyway, that's another story. Um, yeah. So the, reading reviews is, is really one of the ways that um, we make sure things are happening consistently um, without getting too deep into root causes. You know, one thing we learned recently is that you know, we're getting a lot of complaints on dry chicken and overcooked chicken. And when we start to see a pattern like that, we kind of have to look in and say, okay, what's going on? Right. Here? And what um, can we do there, from here to fix it? There is a system that's broken. So it's, you know, you read a, a one-off review, you, you can't assume that it's uh, going to be true or it's happening everywhere. But when you see a pattern, yeah, something needs to be done. Yeah, no doubt. Opportunity for excellence, right? That's how we look at it you know, here is anytime there's something that goes mildly awry, it's like, okay, how can we make the company better? How can we build the fortress walls a little bit more strong, strongly, um, you know, to, to have everybody be having a better experience, you know, I think that's great. So on the R and D side, you are responsible for making sure that the menu is awesome and making changes that kind of keep up with the times, if you will follow trends, you know, make sure that you're innovating ahead of any of your competitors. What's the thing that you have put on the menu that you are absolutely most proud of? So that would probably be anything having to do with our breadsticks. So I didn't invent the Vizzoli's breadstick. I'm not going to take credit for that. Those are 30 something years old. They've been As long as the brand has existed, we've had breadsticks. But when I first got here, uh, I was like, oh, these breadsticks are amazing. They're the best they're the best breadstick out there. I mean, actually, I'll go out on the records. They're the best complimentary bread in the restaurant industry, in my opinion. Wow. Uh, so I will, um, when I first got here, I was like, hey, this is great. These breadsticks are amazing, but why aren't we doing anything else with them? So in a short time period, we released a pepperoni pizza breadstick, which is basically, we take breadsticks and then we cut them up and top them with mozzarella and pepperoni and, and bake them a second time. And you get this cheesy pull-apart pepperoni pizza bread. 
Um, it's like taking the make, French bread pizza 27 steps further. That's awesome. Absolutely. That's exactly what it is, but way better. Um, <laughs> we also made breadstick sliders. So, um, you know, our, our typical breadstick is say about seven inches long or so. Well, we made little slider buns out of our breadstick, same dough um, formula, same garlic butter and everything, but they're slider buns. And we have things like a meatball breadstick slider or a chicken parm breadstick slider, um, which just think about, I mean, it's a sandwich where the bun is the best part about it, which is not typical. Right. Um, it's a perfect snack. And then we also said, let's do something sweet with these breadsticks too. So we made a cinnamon swirl breadstick bite, it was, which is an L, was an LTO. Um, it's not on our menu right now. Like the other limited time offering. Yes. Um, it is a limited time offer. And we uh, basically take our breadsticks, we dice them up, we toss them in brown sugar and cinnamon and bake that and uh, drizzle it with cream cheese icing. And it is basically a pull apart cinnamon roll. That's uh, awesome. That sounds like so good. It is so good. And it was like our most popular dessert launch um, that we ever had at the time. So it was really good. What's your like hidden secret on the menu? Like, you know how you can go into in and out and, you know, order off kind of the secret menu that's not written down. What do you go in and order that's not necessarily straight up off the menu? So I, I actually just had some family in town um, this past weekend and they live somewhere where there's not a Fazoli's right now. So whenever they come visit, they want to go. And I took them in and I ordered the loaded baked spaghetti, but instead of meat sauce, I wanted the spicy tomato pepper sauce, um, which we, we have a couple entrees that have that sauce. It's my favorite sauce, um, but they don't have the meatballs and the, and the bacon and all that goodness that the loaded baked spaghetti does. Um, and when I ordered it, the cashier was like, wow, I have never thought of that. And the cashier actually didn't know who I was um, or anything like that. It was just, um, so she was just like, well, that sounds amazing. I should try this sometime. And I'm like, yeah, it's good. You try it. And then she can't, she came by later and she's like, the manager told me you're the corporate chef. Uh, <laughs> why don't you, why don't you put this on the menu? And I'm like, well, I mean, that's, you know, you can't always put everything on the menu and you, sometimes you can have that secret that's just for you, you know, that's so that, it is, um, it's extremely good. And I would recommend anyone listening to go in and, and try this. It's something easy for our, our team to ring in. So you don't, it's not, you, don't, you don't feel bad about ordering it. It's not like a complex substitution. That's very cool. Is that so? I've, I found you on TikTok, right? And I'm a little obsessed with TikTok right now because someone suggested that we needed to make little promos for the podcast on TikTok. And being old, I don't know anything about TikTok. And so I'm learning, right? So of course, one of the first things I do is look up Fazoli's because I love you. And uh, there you are making things in the kitchen on TikTok. Yeah, so a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, I should say, um, our social media manager Being came up not to old, me I'm sure. yeah. and said, hey, uh, we want to do some TikToks um, for Fazoli's. We just want to kind of test the water and see if this is anything that'll work for us. And uh, you know, I downloaded TikTok like a couple of years ago when it first came out just to see what it was. And at that time, it was like literally nothing but dancing. I'm like, I am not dancing. I am not singing. I am not doing any of that. So what do you want me to do? And he's explained, we want to show how we prepare some menu items. In the future, we might do some things a little more creative, but. Maybe some secret menu items. Maybe. Uh, so, but right now, let's just go over those limited time offer menu items and show how they're made. Give a sneak peek in the Bazoli's kitchen. So I said, okay, I can do that. Uh, so we uh, 
we shot them all in a, in a day. I think we must have done 10 or, or so at least. And there, there are a couple actually that um, weren't menu items either. Just some new things too that, that you can't get at a facilities yet. But um, they really took off. I mean, they really did really well. We actually had, you know, they, I think the average views were maybe four or 5,000, which cost us nothing. So that's, that's great. We had one that kind of went, I don't want to say viral, but it had 100,000 plus views. Um, and it cost almost nothing to produce. I mean, it, yeah. the cost of food, the cost of my time, which I would have been paid anyway. So um, it, it's really Yeah, and you've really got the marketing people anyway, right? So yeah, Exactly. Um, there's a big trend right now in TikTok of pasta chips. So it was actually kind of a few weeks ago. But people basically making like these pasta chips where you boil the, usually they're using like penne noodles or ziti noodles or something like that. And you boil them, then you throw them in your air fryer, season them, and you get these crispy pasta chips. So we did a video where um, basically we said, you know, I, I see your pasta chips and I raise you ravioli chips. So we had cheese filled Ooh. ravioli where we deep fried those. And you did get it work? Crispy, oh yeah, it works. And you get these crispy cheese-filled uh, ravioli chips. It was they were really good. And and the cool thing is we can say to you know people watching these videos, hey, comment if you want to see these at a Fazoli's. And we very well may never have that item at a Fazoli's, but I could tell you, you know, if you get a you you get a lot of participation when you ask an open-ended question like that. Right. Or like, hey, what else do you want to see at Fazoli's? So we're gonna do a lot more TikTok uh, just because it is. It is a growing form of social media. Um, I believe it's here. I'm not an expert by any means in social media, but I do believe Me it's here to stay. I am now a user of TikTok, um, an addicted user, because I. Me too. You know, I, I don't want to say how much time I spend a day on TikTok, but um, it is something I'm on there constantly now. So I made a, I just picked an old episode and kind of messed around with it and, and made a little promo video and sent it to the person who had suggested. Um, that we start making these now and, and I'm all proud of it right it's got words on it and captions and you know it's I mean it's, there's nothing silly about it it kind of does what it was intended to do to my understanding and I got about three pages worth of feedback back about everything I did wrong and I was like okay I clearly have something that I need to learn here before I start making us some TikToks. The cool thing about TikTok in my opinion is that I don't your production value does not need to be that high. Yeah. Uh, now I think we can do a little better than what we're doing now. Um, you know, they're shot on an iPhone, which is perfectly fine for TikTok. We wouldn't put that on TV, but for right. TikTok, perfectly fine. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I think we can do better on the audio front. But I mean, if you watch some of those TikTok videos that have even gone viral, I mean, they're using these green screen effects that are horrible. Yes, yeah, I mean, terrible. So it, you don't need high well, production value. You need content. So I made it, you know, and the front the beginning has like, you know, the Shandyland and the episode and the name and blah, 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 the content, whatever. And there's all the captions. And I kind of cut down to like some very tight highlights. This one happened to be a food allergy episode. And the feedback was, no, people aren't coming to see what this episode's about. Like somebody's scrolling through videos. You need to make them stop. Someone who has no idea who you are, nobody has any idea what you do. Like that very first second or two has to be something that's going to make people not scroll by. And that's kind of nothing that we've ever had to deal with before. So I just thought it was really interesting. I think it's very cool that you guys are TikToking, if that's a verb. I don't know. I probably yeah, sound like it, an idiot. A lot of a 
lot of users stay away from they don't like brand videos because they yeah. they don't want ads. Yeah. So we try to keep them kind of content related. So we're not saying, hey, come out to Fazoli's and try this $4.99 pasta. We don't do that. We just show, hey, we're going to show you how this is made today. Or, hey, here's an idea with something you can do with your ravioli. We could fry them up and make chips out of them. So we are trying to keep it kind of content focused. And um, we've tested the water so far and it's yeah, great. done well. And I think we'll do some more. That's really cool. I love it. And I'm excited to maybe one day see some fried ravioli chips Maybe on the menu. You never know, right? So on the topic of innovation, I'm about to, you know, people don't like ads, but we're about to make one because I am so ridiculously excited and happy to have Fazoli's as a customer. We never talk about Star to Star on the podcast, really, right? Um, you guys are on the cutting edge of food allergies and and dealing with that in the best possible way for your guests. Tell me what your experience has been and why it's important to Fazoli's. Well, it's really important to Fazoli's because there are so many guests that have an allergy. And we've always had some sort of reporting of allergens to our guests as you know, it is a duty, I believe. Um, but it was, um, it was kind of bare minimum. We had that little grid, which at the time, you know, I thought was fine. We had the grid that had all the menu items listed and, you know, you had the, your major eight allergens and there was a little check mark, check mark if it had, if that entree contained that allergen. Mm -hmm. Well, this is a, a static form. There's no customization there. Um, there's a lot of items to where you can customize at Fazoli's. And for example, um, if you wanted a spaghetti with marinara without dairy, you can do that. We, we do a Parmesan cheese garnish on all of our entrees, but looking at this static form that we have, it would show yeah. that the spaghetti yeah. marinara had dairy because of this Parmesan cheese. When all you have to do is ask for no Parmesan cheese on it, now you have a dairy-free entree. Well, we couldn't even communicate that to our guests with what we had before. Um, but now with Certistar, a guest can say, I don't want dairy. And then it, the spaghetti marinara will show up as yellow. You click on what you need to, there's a, a little button you need to click and I'll show you, can be made dairy-free with allergy with, with modifications. Ask for no Parmesan cheese, Parmesan spice blend. And it's as simple as that. So it, customization um, is key. Yeah, individualized. And, and talk about maybe getting outside of the top eight as well, because that top eight matrix is great if you have only allergens inside of that. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, our solution before also only featured the top eight allergens um, because that's really what our suppliers reported to us. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they gave us full ingredient statements, but at the bottom of the ingredient statement, it says contains soy, dairy, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, well, there's a lot more than eight allergens. There's I think 170 plus different allergens. Um, that a guest may have. And we weren't reporting on any of that. It was kind of, you know, we'll look through the, actually, if a guest emailed Fazoli's on the, and had a nutrition request, the email would come to me. And more often than not, I would send them the actual ingredient statement. I try to help them get to the answer, but, um, you know, it's not something we would, we would never want to push somebody to try something they're not comfortable trying. Right. Well, Surtis Star, all that is done. So for example, if a guest has a corn allergy, um, if you search our menu items for the word corn, you might not see it in anything, but then modified food starch That's right. is, is sometimes is corn derived. So um, Surtis Star will flag that 
and I don't have to do, I don't do any of the work there. I don't have to um, be an, I don't even need to be an expert in allergens because um, that work has done itself. It's very helpful. Does um, it save we, time for you throughout your week? Are you getting less of those emails now that you guys absolutely. have Absolutely. So That's great. Um, I do think I am getting fewer of those emails, but when I do get them, I can kind of retrain the guests to, and I'll usually, I'll still answer the question, but I'll also sure. say, um, but by the way, so you don't have to email me next time. We have this great new process on um, our website, disoys.com. That's awesome. I actually have regular guests who will email me uh, and, and say, hey, we're going this weekend and I saw that you have this new manicotti entree. Is there any corn or soy or, or whatever in that? Um, but yeah, so it is a process to retrain the guests. Yeah. Uh, they can get the answers faster, but also I can get the answers for them a lot faster too because a lot of times it, it required me to, well, always it required me to go through the ingredient statement, but sometimes it required me emailing our suppliers and asking questions. And that might take 24, 48 hours for me to get back to the guest, which is too long. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm so happy to see, you know, a major brand like Fazoli's take allergens so seriously. I, you guys were doing a great job with the matrix before you see a lot of restaurants, not even doing that. Right. And, and right. at best, you know, having an email solution, but if you think about the number of food allergy people and the number of covers, you know, brands are doing, it's an untenable solution. So I'm, uh, I'm so proud to call you guys partner and I really appreciate you guys. So thank you for that. Yeah, no, I, we love having you all. And just, uh, I think we went from a good solution to the best solution. So it's, um, it's something that we're, you know, we're really happy about as well. Amazing. So what other things are going on at Fazoli's? What's new and exciting and, and what's coming down the pike that you're allowed to talk about? Well, we have, it's in test, so I guess I can talk about it. We have a virtual brand called Macaroniville to where- Are we uh, in ghost kitchen land here? We are. So if you go in Lexington, Lexington and um, there's a few other locations in um, like Moraine, Ohio, we a few locations in some of our company restaurants to where um, if you were to search DoorDash or Grubhub, there is a brand called Macaroniville that's a mac and cheese restaurant. And we have all sorts of cool macs and, macs and cheeses. We have a lobster mac and cheese. We have a meatball Parmesan mac and cheese, a buffalo chicken mac and cheese, and a create your own mac and cheese with over 8,000 combinations of ingredients. So um, the great thing about this is, I mean, we, um, pasta and sauce is already, in our DNA. It's already our mm -hmm. core competency. So it didn't take a lot. It didn't take any equipment to do this new virtual brand. Uh, and it uses a lot of the ingredients we already have. And the new ingredients we had to bring in are pretty minimal. Um, but it's it's doing really well so far. Um, we've um, we're actually just launched some new locations two days ago. So uh, we went from six locations. I think we have nine locations now. So it's uh, awesome. something, yeah, I don't think it'll be an ever be in every single Fazoli's location because uh, it only really makes sense in high delivery locations that have a, a lot of guests in that their delivery radius. radius. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it's going really well for us. That's great. So much fun. That's so exciting. So tell yeah. everybody how they can connect with you and with Fazoli's online. Well, of course, you can always visit our TikTok, which we just talked about. Uh, 
Now, I don't monitor those. I, I read the comments, but sometimes it's hard to read because sometimes they're about me or, <laughs> or you know, there's always negative people on the internet. So, um, but you can connect with us on TikTok. Um, of course, social media, LinkedIn, um, you can connect with, I'm big on LinkedIn personally. That's a great place to reach me. I love connecting with people there. Um, but if you want to reach out to Fazoli's, we're on all forms of social media, um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, et cetera. Um, or, you, I mean, you can always just email me too. Perfect. And so I like to wrap all these episodes up with two truths and a lie, my favorite way to torture everybody who comes to talk to me on the show. So chef, you're going to give us three facts about yourself. One of which is, you know, not a fact. So one falsehood, two truths. Don't tell us which one is not true. And listener, if you want to know which one's not true, you're going to have to come talk to us in the comments on the well-loved social media pages and uh, on your favorite podcast platform. So chef, two truths and a lie. All right. Two truths and a lie. I've lived in eight states. I have an identical twin brother and I have an eight-year-old daughter. All right. Perfect. All right. I, I have no idea which one of those could conceivably be not true, but I'm going to find out whenever we're done here. Chef, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I love Fazoli's and I am so excited again. I just want to underscore that, that you guys have really dedicated to food allergy guests. It's so important and hopefully the beginning of um, you know, a trend across the industry. So thank you for that. Thank you for always being innovative. Uh, and thanks for being here. What a great conversation. What an interesting set of conversations we were able to have. So thank you listeners. Thanks for being here. As always, this has been the Shandyland podcast and we'll talk to you soon.